Grace Allen and her bought a giraffe! Angry. All I feed them is cocaine. And chicken. I love you, Alan. Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Sequel. This is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels, and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching, and the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed last week's interview with actress Sandra Curry, who plays Linda, Alan's mom, in Hangover Part 3. Sandra was so much fun to talk to about her beginnings and her slice them and dice of movies of the seventies when there were revenge movies that she just killed every bad man that wronged her. And then all of her guest starring roles over the years, just so many great stories. And the fact that her sister is Cherie Curry and their family awesome. is just so great actress, great musician. And uh, the fact that her brother-in-law is Robert Eggs. Hey, the connections are so cool. But yeah, she was great. So if you haven't checked that out, wait until this week's review of a movie that I just admitted to Jamie. I've never seen this movie. I, I thought I did, but I did not. And before we even talk about this anymore, I got to introduce you to my partner in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Again, I'm so conf- I can't believe I remember the pig mask part and the kidnapping but I think I think I blacked out when I went to. I think I got became hungover. After Are you that. sure you're thinking of this movie? Because based on some of the horror movies, I could see kidnapping and pig masks. You know, be pretty common theme in some of these horror movies you're watching. That that is that is a common theme. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I still can't believe that I've never fully seen it. A lot of scenes because I was watching the scenes, and I have a really good movie memory. You know, from like the trivia days, I would be like, "Wow, I remember that." But dude, there's so many parts. I'm like. Wow, that was cool. Like I've never seen it. You know, I I did see this um when it came out and I remember not liking it as much. I do think I like it better this time around. However, it's still not a great movie. Um out of the 3, I mean, you know, I think Hangover, the original Hangover is such an original story. The way they told it, the uh, you know, like what happened the night before everybody's been in that situation, you know, it was such a great movie. Second one is basically a repeat. Um, yeah. Th- this one to me, it's like, it's like, I don't know if you ever, you ever watched Prison Break, the show? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the first, the, the show is about a guy escaping prison and b- by the fourth season, they're working for the government is uh, stealing, you know, art or something like that like you know they totally it's nothing to do with prison break so this movie is called the hangover but there's no hangover in this movie at all well except at the very end which is amazing uh so bizarre I, I don't I, I don't know why ken does this i mean we're gonna get there but i mean if you're if you're ken i get it I mean, some guys are like that but why why put yourself out there like that we'll we'll get there yeah, we'll get to that. So, Jamie, this is pretty wild. So, this is our last review of our third year. The next movie that we do will be our fourth year podcasting. So, it's pretty special. Hangover three, third year. And was that planned? Whoa. It was. <laughs> yes, it was. It was planned. Okay. 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 I wrote it on a map years ago, and I, I have it somewhere. But okay. before we start the review, I want to mention it's so cool. It's so many people. Obviously, we have great guests, 
great guest reviewers, but two people that are really cool listeners that interact with us. Matthew Quinn, Rob Schnitzer, you guys rock. Thanks for listening and thanks for uh for chatting sequels with us. So uh yeah, let's uh dive right in. So So did you like it? I love this movie. I, I you, the reason yeah, the reason I loved it was and we could talk about it now was I think you said it perfectly, and I think we've this is uh not obviously the same as Back to the Future Part Three, but you get to the third movie, what is there to do? Are you gonna repeat the story? You can't do that. But I love, I kind of like what they did. Well, I think you're in a different situation because, you know, it, it's like watching like the new Ghostbusters, right? You know, Ghostbusters came out how long ago? And then you watch the new one. It's kind of like nostalgia. You know, it's like, oh, you remember the original Ghostbusters? You haven't seen it. So like, you know, the first hangover came out a long time ago. Since you didn't see this one, it's like, oh, it's bringing back the gang again, bringing back the wolf pack, you know, having those jokes. So it's a little different. I already, I mean, I remembered a lot of these scenes. Um, but I feel like this movie falls, forget the fact that, you know, yes, what are they going to do for the third movie? But this movie falls in that trap of having a good, funny character that doesn't have a lot of screen time in the first movie. You know, he's funny when he shows up, but like in bits to have a whole movie revolve around him. It, it, it to me, that was too much. And it was like too much chow. No, there was definitely too much chow and some fun facts that I was reading about. So not really a fun fact when it comes to the budget, but so crazy because these guys weren't too much before the first one came out. Like Bradley Cooper was in a few comedies. I think Wedding Crashers might have came out like a few years before Ed Helms was on The Office. Zach Galifianakis, I don't even know what he was on then. But uh, first movie, the budget was $35 million. It grossed. 470 this one the budget 103 gross 362 again this one has a few more guest stars in it that maybe wanted more because sometimes when you have to bring people back for a third movie you have to pay them more but the three main guys cooper helms and zach they got 15 million each well okay i mean look how much bigger first of all again to bring the there's no third movie without them right so um you know and you know that's the one thing, and again, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time. Their chemistry is great. Wow. You know, the three of them is awesome. Um, you know, some of the the running gags of like Doug getting kidnapped in every single movie is, is or whatever <laughs> is, is very funny. Um, the one th- and Alan to me is one of the best characters ever in a movie. Oh, dude, but, legendary. Oh, legendary. But however, the one thing I did not like about his character, what they did is they kind of. Like in the first one, he was just that like annoying, just like overachieving, you know, like so exciting kind of friend that, you know, like, all right, he's part of the group. You got to, you know, to like he became like a five year old in this movie and, 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 and or like he came like a, like, a, like a child, but he also became a dick. Like he wasn't like the lovable, like, you know, he was he was a, he was a, a jerk to stew the entire time, which well, I don't know. He's, if he always was, been a, he's always he? been a jerk to stew. Always a jerk to his parents because even in the second one, when Sandra brings him, oh, she picks up his plate, I think, and he's like, "Well, we're not doing cupcakes anymore." He, he well, his interaction with Sandra when he walks oh. in and he asks for a milkshake or a milkshake, like uh, <laughs> or- not even ask, no, I'm sorry, not even ask, telling his mom, yes, you know, I, I just I don't know, I just feel like he they made him even uh, it made him like a baby, yeah, you know, like a little bit more than he was, and you know, I get it, still. He still played the character great. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think I like it better the second time around. Um, still, I don't know if it's the 
maybe the worst one of the three, but it, you know what? Has some great scenes. So, and, oh yeah, dude. And John Goodman is such an awesome bad guy. Like <laughs> I, I really wish he could be a bad guy in more movies. You know, um, and I know he's been a bad guy in what Raising Arizona and like you know some of these other movies, but like he really plays a good bad guy. So before we get right into the movie, which we're gonna run after this, so uh, there were two other people that were up for the role of Marshall. Oh boy. When your instant reaction, Sean Penn. That could what that could have worked. He could play that kind of guy. It wouldn't have been maybe as good, but he could have done it. And Robert Downey Jr. Mm. <sighs> you know See, he's he w- too funny. I think Sean Penn can play the mean mob boss <sighs> yeah but you know what after seeing john goodman do it i don't know. Oh, I know like you know first of all john goodman has the size you know so he's intimidating in that aspect let alone you know um just in that role sean penn i i think would almost be too serious like he's too like too intense and i think robert i think robert downey jr just could have been that annoying like, he could have been like a chow like because chow turns it on sometimes that it becomes like a serious, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, get nuts. So, I, I you know, it, John Goodman was the best out of three. I mean, without a doubt, I think. Could like the, Stallone or Arnold done a role like this as um, the boss? You know what? I, I, again, I think they could. Um, but you know what, though? How many times has Stallone and, and, and Arnold played a bad guy? You know, like they don't, they don't write. So that's why like it wouldn't. Very like, rare. I can't even tell you the time that I can remember Stallone ever playing bad guy. Arnold obviously did it in the first Terminator. Yeah. But even then, like now he was a nobody. So once he became somebody, yeah, yeah. like they really haven't. So I don't know if they could. Where John Goodman, because of Raising Arizona, he played the escaped criminal, you know, so like, he's done it before. Um, So I don't know if they could have. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Or- though? He was perfect. He would now he was, yeah. So the movie, I love like some of these nostalgia of movie watching. Obviously, the WB obviously has still makes movies, but it's so cool seeing that bu- WB movie. And look, we're in another prison in uh, you know, the you know, the eastern part of the world. See, this okay, so the, if I did never saw the movie, and then maybe this is when I remember watching it the first time, the first five minutes, I'm already like, oh. Like, where, where, where are we going with this? So, you know, we have a bachelor party in the first one. I think we have a bachelor party in the second one, or we have the wedding in the second one or something. You yeah, know. wedding in the second one, yeah. Right, okay. And then you're, you're starting off in a prison escape, and then you have a giraffe. You know, like, it just like, you know, it, it was like, it was like almost like so over the top the first five minutes that it was almost like, all right, this is going to be a corny movie. Uh, yeah, but that's what this their movie has to do. Uh, you know, you have to do something. I don't know how else you would have got the three together for another movie. Zach Galifianakis was on uh, Marin like seven years ago, eight years ago. He says, like, looking back, they should have only did one. But I don't think so. I think I think their chemistry is so good in this one. And there's so many jokes that were in the first and the second one that they finished in the third one. So if you didn't see the first and second one, not like they wouldn't be funny. But like the running joke with Stu, you know, not, you know, them not really calling him a doctor. No, listen, the the, the tattoo they bring, they, they talk about again from the second oh, one. And like, yes. I mean, like, yes, I agree. I, I agree. Part. I mean, I love the chemistry. So that's part of it. But I also agree with, you know what? The first one is like one of the top comedies. I mean, it was so oh, original. Yeah. So so it's like and it's a, it's an idea of, OK, it's a hangover. And you next day. So like how many times can you? 
can you do that? Obviously, a third time, you can't do it. So it's like, yeah, no. I mean, I know this. I mean, I know when you talk to people, this movie was did not. I don't think it was a big hit. I even though it made money because everybody was curious. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people didn't like the movie. So screw those people. No, no. I think the the movie has a lot of good qualities. So, like, yeah, yeah. The prison riots going on. You guess who obviously is going to be there by the first two movies. I love that he escapes through uh, one of those famous uh, hang in there with the cat posters, and he escapes through there. Well, that's a that's a rip on uh, Shawshank, right? Isn't that well? Sh- Shawshank escaped from Alcatraz. Yeah. Like a million movies, like yeah, every movie. With this. So, yeah. so okay. So, if that's the case, why do prisons allow posters? Because that seems to be the theme of, you know, the only way to escape is through a wall under a poster. That is true. If they just <laughs> ban posters, <laughs> they ban posters. Alcatraz they, would still be in in war, in use. Well, how can they show? Uh, because you can't hide it anywhere, right? Obviously, that's a poster true. is hiding the hole. Where else are you going to do the hole? Unless you do it in a toilet bowl, like you know, for your. <laughs> And see, see, like Chow just try to like sneak down the. <laughs> Listen, the he's, small, he's small enough; he might be able to slide through there. Oh my god! And this, the amount of like sexual jokes uh, with Chow. Okay, so, Phil and Ellen. But what? What? See, I. So I, I have so many questions about Chow. Like I don't like. Is is he bisexual? Is he like? I mean, he's first of all, he's overly sexual. Overly, it, yes, it, it, very over. But like, is he like he he's always around women, but he talks a lot about guys a lot. So I don't know, like, where does he like what side of the the, the like what team does he play for? I think he's like a uh, Prince Michael Jackson ish. <laughs> I think so because like even later when uh, he orders the prostitutes to that same room that they had in the first movie, uh, the penthouse, it was uh, girls guys and then i forgot what the third part was i have it written down but no yeah even the joke in the beginning so he's escaping i'm thinking it's going to be all right the fugitive they're going to do the fugitive scene that's been spooked ever since the fugitive and when he gets up to the next floor he gets shot out it kind of looks like a butt when he gets shot out of the water i'm like wow we're already starting with these jokes because there's a lot of jokes between them and you're like yeah yeah no it's uh, you know, like I said, I mean, was he in the second one, Chow? He was in the second one. Yeah, he was there. And Alan was buddies with him. And I think Alan was the one that gave him the drugs that they okay. put in the marshmallows or whatever. Okay. Do you mean the three, mar- the four marshmallows would have killed him? Those- oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody I, eats know, four marshmallows. I, You know what? I never, I, I, I mean, again, I haven't seen the movies in a long time. I, I forgot that how much Alan hates Stu. For, did, did they ever explain why he hates him so much or just... Because he lo- he think, loves Bradley Cooper, he absolutely. I think because Bradley- he I think because he loves Phil, he picks on Stu so he could be like the buddy. Because Phil picks on everybody. That was his dynamic in the really mostly in the. Not saying he's not like that in the second one. In the first one, he's making fun of him when they pick him up. He says, "Paging Doctor Douchebag." Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, he's the cool one of the group. You know, I mean, yeah. He's so, the okay, so, so does is Alan like Prince also? Because he he seems to <laughs> he's like Prince too. He does right because he seems to like I I I feel like he doesn't know what he is. Like he's just like he's just there. Like he's just he's living he's living in his own world, which seems like a fun world. I got to be <laughs> <Yes>. honest. <laughs> it's... 
Not, not a care in the world. His no. augmented reality, which we'll get to in a little bit, the way he remembers things oh. versus what, what really happened is... Uh, you know what? He seems like stepbrothers. Like he, he could be in, you know, a mix of the stepbrothers with Will oh, Ferrell. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like that's the same exact, like, you know, personality. So you mentioned the you craziness know. of the beginning of the movie. I just have a little bit of that scene when he uh, seemingly buys a giraffe. <laughs> How about the fact that he's wearing that scarf? I mean, I. <laughs> uh, and the kid gives him the thumbs up. He's so excited. Listen to Oombop by Hansen and the giraffe's even singing. (laughs) Oh my god, this looks so amazing. Watching the giraffe get decapitated by the freeway bridge. (laughs) It's like the giraffe knew it was coming. Like, does he know at this point that his giraffe's head is gone? Uh, yeah, I don't think he realized it. I wonder if <laughs> P- I wonder if Peter is really mad at this movie because besides oh. the giraffe, they smother a rooster. Oh my god, dude, that scene! <laughs> and they kill two dogs. <laughs> they do kill. Two so, dogs. like, I mean, there's a lot of animal killing. I mean, the, the rooster scene alone was pretty brutal. <laughs> So, like, I wonder if PETA is, like, you know, like, I wonder if they had an issue with PETA. Because I'm sure ish, I'm, I'm, PETA has issues with everyone. They do. That's so what I mean. I bet, so <laughs> I bet they probably were upset how lifelike that looked because it looks so. Oh, my the head, The head looks so great. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, but you know what, though? Um, uh, uh, what's his not, not What's Bradley Cooper's uh, character's name? Phil. Phil. When when they start talking about it, and he's like, "It's an effing giraffe. Who cares?" <laughs> like 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 I, like you know you know I I I the, the watching it again like they there's each scene the, there's again the chemistry really is amazing like you know the the talent scout of of hiring them together because ah. again like you said they pick the perfect people like I don't think anybody could have played Alan the way he does the, no uh, and Alan, Todd Phillips Sandra told me when. Uh, Todd did the first one. She got casted like two weeks after they started filming and she read the script and she had a feeling about the movie. And she said either she talked to Todd or someone on set, the studio wanted them to get named people. She didn't know who, but yeah, it really got to think at that time. That was like, Whoa, this guy who's like the sixth or seventh character on the office and Bradley Cooper, who's never been the main guy. Yeah. But you know what though? I feel like, a lot of people could have played Stu. I mean, you know, like, you you, you know, a lot of people could have played Bradley Cooper's part. You know, you have the rich, you know, playboy kind of guy. But Alan, I don't think anybody could have played it the way he played it. Like, no, I, think I know that-, that. But I'm saying it, it all worked perfect. I oh, think it did. Stu was great. Like, Ed Helms, oh. the way he reacted and screamed and just his... Ugh. Well, you know, you I, I watched um, on YouTube, they have a bunch of bloopers from the movie and there are so many improv scenes by Alan. Like Alan made everybody laugh like throughout all these bloopers. And he, he had so many improv moments that you don't realize that when you watch these bloopers, you're like, wow, like he really had, he had so many ideas as he's doing them. It's so funny. Like he really, 
he was the backbone, I think, of of the whole series. Yeah. Well, Todd let them all play and like do a lot of improv, which is great because some of those lines, it makes sense. Like, I'm not saying that Todd wrote a line that who cares about drafts, like that kind of line. That could be just a riff on the seventh take. Uh, like just like a th- one-off line. There's so many funny lines in this movie. Well, there, they, I'll tell you one they had in the bloopers is when they're in the car and he start he makes he makes a comment about his teeth, about Ed Helms. <laughs> yeah. And if you watch the bloopers, they go back and forth for a while. Like they go back and then he says something like, "Oh, well, you know, you have an uh, maybe you should have an American wife." So I guess his wife is not American. He goes, "Well, yeah, maybe yeah. you should take a maybe you should look like you take a bath once in a while." And then he goes, "The joke's on you. I took a bath two weeks ago." Or something like like they, they literally went back and forth. So it was very funny. So that whole scene was improv, I think. Oh shit, that's great. I got to watch yeah. that after this. Yeah. So then we get uh Jeffrey Tambor. He's in this movie and he's <laughs> ripping Alan. And I love that Alan again in his own little world. He goes, "But dad, we have a ton of money." He's like, "No, I have a ton of money. You know how many people I had to just pay off? The mayor called Alan. The mayor called and he's just like yelling you know how much money it's gonna cost me and alan in the mid he puts on his headphones and jeffrey tambor walks off he goes to talk to sandra and he has a heart attack and you know i i think he made a comment like we we can't we've been doing this for 41 years or some and alan says i'm 42 or something like that like he he, he, he and yeah. then he goes i can't take it anymore like we can't take it you know <laughs> And Alan just sitting there, like in his own world as usual, and and then what leads to the next scene before they even, <laughs> I I did laugh, like because you know I I no, I don't think anyone's expecting it, you know him singing, and when when that happens, I was dying, I like the first time, so I knew I once I started second time, but how funny was that when like did you know did you think it was Alan? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> And then you have Bradley Cooper. He sings like an angel, a voice of an angel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so he has so many lines in that speech. And I, I didn't want to pull too many clips, oh. but his line when he says, I can't believe my daddy is dead. I can think of a lot of people I, I'd rather have dead, like my mother. That's the only line I wrote down. <laughs> the way he treats his mother. Now, with, did he treat her like that in the first movie, too? So he was always like mean to her. They didn't interact too much in the first one. The second one, he was super mean to her, like in that one off scene. But now he's so but the, terrible. But that and line then, was hysterical. Uh, that I, I was dying with that. And again, yeah. like we talked about his little world that he's in, his augmented reality, because we just saw the previous scene, right? His dad's like, you the last 40 years, I can't do this anymore. And he goes, the last time I talked to my dad, he said, Never change, Alan. Just keep doing everything that you're doing. And then the camera goes to the mom who starts crying even more. <laughs> and how about he's actually burying his own dad when well, all the guys are talking together? Well, they, they said, we think Alan's cracking, you know, and yeah. then they turn, they turn first. He's burying his own dad while the, the, while the rest of the caretakers, I guess, are watching. They're sitting yeah. around like, he, and then they said, now look at him. And he's got no shirt on. He has a pink tab soda in his hand. <laughs> and he's posing as he's. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, he, he's, he's, he crushed this role. I mean, he really did. <laughs> and uh, you know, the next scene, I love these two, the, the girls that play, play the, the wives when Phil oh. and Stu are out to eat. Cause that's when they were talking about, 
I think Doug was like, I'm really worried about him. And they're like, oh, I guess we could take him out every so often. And then the wives in the next scene are like, yeah, you should really take him out. And sh- her, she's in Phil's wife's in a ton of stuff. She was Pam in Step Brothers. Yep. Second time we talked about that. And then Jamie Chung, she's in a ton of stuff. She was on the new season of Dexter. And, you know, she started off on the challenge on MTV. She was, she was, that was cont- her first thing. She was on, she was a contestant on the challenge. She actually, I, I, she might have won like on a t- one of the no teams. Way. Or, yeah. She was one season on the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh That's my how God. She started. Yeah. So you mentioned the one throwback joke when they're having their conversation because they're like, when you're hanging out, out with Alan, bad things happen. And he goes, like, yeah, you had a tattoo on your face. And he's like, hey, man, did you ever get tested? And he's like, and he looks at him all weird. He's like, you know, for that ink that was put inside of you. That was put inside you. That was great. I forgot about how funny that scene is. Well, you know, I, f- I, f- I remember vaguely. Uh, that's when they were in Thailand, right? Was it mm-hmm. some? Yeah. So I remember the scene vaguely. I forget who it was, but assuming it was Stu. But th- you know, it was cool. Like you saw a part of the the outline of the tattoo on his face still. Like you know, he oh, I had didn't it. notice that. I thought I saw it like a, by his eye. Like you could see like a little scar of the tattoo. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get that real tattoo, but he really did pull out his tooth in wait, the first movie. Wait. He he didn't he didn't get a real tattoo in his face. No. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> he pulled his own tooth out in the first movie when he pulls the tooth out. That's he got his tooth really removed. What a nut job. That's ridiculous. It worked out for him. Three movies later, he's making 15 million a movie. Listen, you, you know, you're telling me in, in Hollywood, they can't do fake teeth. Like, you know, like up, up, they, people lose it's teeth in movies real. all the time. It happens all the time. Jim Carrey, although he had a real fake, he had a real um, chip tooth. So that tooth in Dumb and Dumber, that's his real uh, tooth. Yeah, but that's different. But in Hollywood, you could show a fake. T- Listen, how many boxers are spit out t- teeth in a movie or something like that? Method. He wanted to meth Daniel Day Lewis. He probably called Daniel Day Lewis and said, Daniel, what would you do? And he said, whatever accent that he has, because I don't know. Is he English? Um, He's probably all, all the good actors are English. Yeah, they pretty much are. <laughs> and then he just and then he just told him, pull out your teeth, son. And he oh, did man. it. That was your Irish accent. Oh, Irish. I don't know what he is. I, I don't Irish. know what he is. I, it sounded Irish. <laughs> okay, good. It, it was it was Irish. That's what I was going for. <laughs> so then when we leave, somebody's peeping. So when we, we see Stu and Phil talking outside, and we see a POV from a car. And that's where I was I was wrong because I haven't seen this movie. So I'm thinking right away, that's Chow. That's got to be Chow watching him. But it was not. It was not Chow. Not yet. We're, how awkward was the next scene at the intervention when uh, the neighbor kid? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the whole crew that they have there. I mean, you have his best friend who's loaded with tat. He looked familiar. He Who- did look familiar. He looked like he was the one. There, I guess the timing might not work out. There was a guy in old school that he looked like. The guy that went to... Will Farrell was like, hey, man, you should do the beer bong. And he's like, oh, no, I had a pretty big Saturday. Home Depot. I don't know if it helped. It looks like that guy, but I don't know if the ages would add up. But yeah, well, he doesn't, we he, doesn't, he doesn't have one line in the movie. So um, no, we don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I'm assuming because he doesn't have one line, he probably is not a big actor. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if, he, if he was someone known, he would have had at least one line. <laughs> because just sitting there, you're not in SAG. You got to speak. 
So maybe well, no, it, would, it wouldn't be fair if the mirror from Mirror Mirror 3 since SAG and the yeah, guy the, that sits there and not Yeah, but the mirror that. had action. Like, uh, I mean, maybe, you know, the mirror had blood, had like, you oh. know, showed a range where this guy just sat there. Like he really. So you're saying, if, so if this guy bled, what about if he sneezed and a booger dripped? Does that yeah, count that, as? Well, it's a sound. It's a, flu- it's a fluid. Well, fluid a, a, I said, a, a, a mute person or a deaf person can't speak, right? Clear. They make noise when they talk. <laughs> That is so, true, but they're they're in SAG. That, that's what I mean. So if you sneeze, it, it does. So now now that's a question. If you make a noise but don't speak, like if you fart, does that make it on on SAG? I would hope so. I would hope there's a guy that's like farting man in theater, and he's in SAG. Maybe there's a guy in Hollywood because there's you know the guy for everything. Maybe there's a guy that does like all the fart noises for in the movies when there's farts. Like they he, like so. they, they like you know what we got a fart scene. We got to we got to hire Henry. You know, you know, see if he's available for the, you know, Wednesday. <laughs> or they try to save money and not hire Henry and they hire like, I don't know, like uh, Lance. Lance comes in, the big scene's coming. And they're like, okay, Lance, we need you. This is the funniest part of the movie. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, Jesus. All right, call on the big guns. Henry comes in and he has like a whole crew. He has like two escorts with him. He has like a, a bot. What, what would a farter have to bring with him? Oh, he has a guy that holds his soda. But soda, beans, like he has like a whole like entourage of food of like Doritos and salsa. And like, he goes, all right, hold on. You know, so he, so he'd be like, it, it, would he be like a fluffer, but a farter? A farter. Yeah. He would be a farter. <laughs> Henry. Everybody, Henry's not, and he's like really like, everybody has to be really quiet because he doesn't want any, but any sound to take over. His fart. If you're chewing bubblegum, get out. If you're writing with a pen, get out of here. He's the Michael Buffer of farting. <laughs> Michael Buffer gets millions of dollars for five seconds of speaking. Henry walks on, on set, does his thing, walks right back off. I think you know. say Michael Jordan of uh, farting. <laughs> like there's <laughs> other farters out there. <laughs> no, I would say the Michael Buffer. There's only one Michael Buffer. Only one Buffer that can do these... Well, no, there's two Michael Buffers. There's his brother, Bruce, that does it for well, UFC because well, Michael's old now. Okay, but so that means it's still one Michael Buffer. You said, <laughs> it's, you, you said it's two Michael Buffers, one's Bruce. <laughs> so we're, we're still on one Michael Buffer. I just want to clarify. <laughs> the other one's kind of Michael Buffer. He's a he's Buffer, not but not buffer a Michael. He's a Buffer. So, <laughs> yeah. so there's two Buffers, but one's Michael. All right. So in the last few minutes, we talked about fluffers, buffers, and farters. <laughs> we covered it all. That's it. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this scene is so great when he comes back and interventions happening. I have the scene. I'm going to pull up just a few minutes of it, but the beginning part when he goes, yeah, because I think Phil says, Oh, are you down at the pier? He goes, yeah, I was playing some ski ball for 45 minutes. Pretty intense workout. <laughs> well, again, you, the, when he first walks in though, that, I mean, like, you know, not knowing anyone's there 
mom, Oreo milkshake now. Or is that what he said? <laughs> yes, that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me of, was it Will Ferrell in Starsky? Yeah, Hutch? mom, the meatloaf, meatloaf. in Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, okay. So, I mean, but that, but him walking in the way he said it and knowing how much he hates his mom, it was just like the timing was just great. And then he... <laughs> As soon as he said it, he looked over and saw everybody there. He goes and he gives Phil like a great high five, like awkward kind of close. He's trying to go for a hug. He fake high fives Stu. And I love when he sits down and Doug, after this part, I'll play the clip, but the line that I don't have in the clip when he goes, we're here to tell you about an awesome place called New Horizons. And he looks around and he goes, it does sound does awesome. <laughs> Uh, but, dude, this whole scene is just oh. g- gold. So in this scene is just, I don't know. I think it's so funny, like, just what he he, he reacts to, the way he reacts to Phil. And I think we talked about it earlier when he's like, Phil, are you going? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I feel like Phil did a whole 360 from the first movie to this movie. You know, the first movie, he really couldn't stand Alan. Like he was just annoyed by Alan the whole time. And I feel like in this one, he was definitely more compassion, had more compassion for Alan. Oh yeah. You know? And I feel like, you know, like he, he became more caring about Alan um, compared to the first one, you know? So, um, you know, he became like a nice guy. I feel like he's not as wise. He's not like a, such a wise guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll have to add in when he's crying, just when he says, I okay. love you, Alan. Oh, the cry I, I was dying. The the, <laughs> the the sound the sound of his cry. <laughs> was unbelievable and you know to go back to the bloopers when when that happens what's his name ed helms couldn't hold it together and like <laughs> and, and bradley cooper sitting there straight faced you know he's not laughing and you could hear zach galifianakis keep going listen start start being mature about this where you, you just gotta pay attention like <laughs> like he's breaking character saying come on you know you're, you're I, I, it was just very funny because he Stu could not hold it together because that cry is very That's, funny oh it's oh. so funny before that i forgot to mention was when uh sandra starts talking alan here are some things i want to tell you he's like oh man i'm bored <laughs> and how about his housekeeper that he had for like his whole oh. life she's like alan you know and she's like telling about things and he goes oh i think somebody needs to clean this up and he knocks over the drink on the table well she goes i saw some things that no one should ever see in your room you know, so that was part of it. And yeah, then, then he just purposely knocks over that glass. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like he was he was he was kind of jerky in his movie. I mean, he was still funny, but like he just became a little bit more mean. You know, he was mean. I maybe it showed that he had to get to this point that maybe he would change because when they're going on, the, I love when to get him to go, they said, we're going to take you. So they're doing the, the wolf packs back together. They're driving down the road. And this is where I I remember, I guess, most of up, up until the spot part. But I love when he's like, okay, I don't want to go now. Can we stop the car? And then at that point, a rental truck rams them. Maybe he's bipolar. 
And oh, the medication, no, but the medication that he was taking was controlling him, and he's like nice and calm and everything else. And because he's off his meds, that's why he's so mean. Maybe that probably could be it, because he said he hasn't taken it for four yeah, months. Or that's something. what I mean. Yeah. So that's yeah, okay, yeah. The uh, well, no, doesn't he? Doesn't he go? Th- don't they stop first somewhere to get lollipops? Or he's, no, no, was that a different scene? Or was that after the kidnapping? Oh, I don't know. Do they stop at a gas station or something? Remember, because he, he said something to Stu. And, he, I got, <laughs> yeah. and then he got, yeah, he, he got he got annoyed at Stu or something like that or something because he was sucking on a lollipop at the time. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe it was at a gas station or something. Yeah. Yeah, but then they so then they get like rammed, and then Stu is thinking like because Phil, it's Phil's minivan, and they're like, oh, maybe that well, we'll just exchange information, and it's probably just an accident. You guys ramming off the road. Takes him out. I'm thinking the car's gonna do like a flip. The car stopped, and these guys jump out with these pig masks on, like cartoonish looking, cartoonish but creepy. Like Very it was definitely it, it was dark. You know, like there, there's definitely parts of this movie that's a little dark than the other yeah. ones. You know, so I'm listen. There's death in this movie. You know, there is I mean, there's a few deaths. Movie. So yeah. So, um, but no, yeah, that was uh, I. I totally forgot about like again this, and I was I. I thought it was Chow. I thought it was Chow doing all this. I forgot. That's that what was- I thought. I thought Chow was peeping. Yeah. I really thought he was the one that was watching them. I love when Alan runs and they have like that POV steady cam on him. So you see him run and you see from so far away and the guy like tackles him to the ground. They were all zip tied. I love that they were able to. It's like a fat joke against Alan, but everyone gets is able to get tossed in. And again, they're on a highway and they're pretty much taking forever to put him up because they use the like the electric bed to bring him up <laughs> and all cars are driving like on the highway, which was like within definitely like I shot away, but I love that they did that just to, like, as a f- oh, fat joke. They well, there's, there's nonstop fat jokes throughout the whole, yeah. you know, the whole series. Yeah. Because I mean, what doesn't Chow call him fatty or something like that? Or oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next scene, they take the, the, because aren't they they are blind there's bags on their heads right they're bags on their heads um and then they're they're taking them off and that's where they see john goodman well first they see black doug oh that's right i'm sorry yeah black doug which that that was a good throwback also mike epps again that's a great yeah and he was pretty funny i mean because they kept calling a black dog and he he was getting annoyed at that (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna kill them yeah and then he goes all right doug just doug (laughs) (laughs) and then john goodman's like the gang leader and then how about this whole thing that I love how they wrote that into it, that when he bought the drugs that night, chow and like all everything happened just from that interaction. I still can't believe that Zach used that word. I, well, I was going to say, I can't believe he used it, but coming from him, the way he used it and the way he walked up, I was laughing. It was so funny. Oh, I and, know. It, and it was so t- it was so innocent. Like it was so innocent <laughs> for him. But and that's why it was so funny because yeah, Doug's yeah. face when he looked at him for using that word, like what? And it's the way he said it, like it, yeah. you know, it was like it, it was such like a like hey, me and you were pals. Like it was just it was very. I actually laughed. It was very funny. And then so I don't. About, like, by the way, yeah. I don't condone it. I just want to say, but in the context of what the movie, oh was, no, no, it was funny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then ch- it turns out that Chow. Stole a bunch of, I guess, on that night, right? On that is night, when he took a correct. bunch of money from him. 
gold, gold, gold bars. Yeah, because it was forty-two million in gold. He stole half of it. Half, so yeah, twenty million. And I love. I again goes back to this whole theme of this sexual chemistry between Alan and Chow was when uh, John Goodman says this Chow has fucked me in the ass, and Alan says he does that from time to time. <laughs> so it's happened. It's well, and he obviously knows about it. Well, listen, they they've been writing letters to each other. I mean, and he was in prison. Isn't that what they do in prison? That is what he does in prison. <laughs> and so this is how they found out. I, I wrote this down. So John Goodman found out that there was like a Saudi prince coming to Vegas. He robbed the Saudi prince when he landed. And then Chow posed as a state trooper and robbed his two guys of half of it. As much as a small little like just nut job that Chow is, he's a badass. I mean, no, when it comes to gun, like he really is like he and he again, he's so small. You think like, oh, why can't these guy like they're all but they're all afraid of him. He's because he's such a loose cannon. Like he definitely is a loose cannon. But what is John? What does John Goodman do? Like, I mean, we, we you know, he obviously is going for this goal. But like in general, is he a drug lord? Is he like what is he like? They don't like really. I don't know if he's is, a he a, is he like a mafia like, guy? Like a, like a yeah, I think it's mafia or gang because it seems like. He got some intel to rob this Saudi prince, and he robbed him for forty-two million. Like it was something he's done before, so it seems like it was pretty simple for him. Were you surprised to see John Goodman? Well, I knew he was in it from looking at like the IMDb, but did, but did you know he was the bad guy? A, uh, I think I guessed from it because I watched okay. some scenes before I interviewed Sandra. But no, he was so great, and then awesome. I loved his explanation. Like I went to go talk to Chow in the prison when he got arrested and he wouldn't talk to me, but he only talks to one person, Alan. And tell me you didn't laugh out loud. The first line of the email was, Oh my God, the remake rib is back. <laughs> well, then, doesn't he, doesn't he say something like, or he goes, I haven't been in touch with him for a while. I don't know what, what he's, yeah. <laughs> And, and Bradley Cooper goes, the emails are right there. What are you talking about? Like something like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was. Oh, no. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. But I love that. Right after that, when John Goodman says that, he goes, this is unbelievable that you're talking. I think he says it's unbelievable. And then he goes, yeah, I know. Right. Isn't it unbelievable? Why don't they just have the McRib all the time? <laughs> Well, he was he was he was just saying there was so much nonsense going on, <laughs> except for the last. What did the last one say? Because he's oh no, that's what he said. That was the line. He goes, "All it is is this is just a bunch of nonsense." And he goes, yes. "I know, right? They should yeah. have the McRib all the time." <laughs> yeah, that's the line. Uh, I was laughing so hard when he reads the first line of the email, and that's it. And then there's other ones too. Yeah, I yeah. think he even says, "Hey, fat, hey, Alan, you fatty." Or yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's awesome. But I did love the first movie all over again. Doug, Justin Bartha. I don't know what he made on these movies, but he's kidnapped the whole movie. It reminds me of an Anaconda when I can't think of his name. The guy that's in uh, who was the original Martin McFly, who is in oh, uh, some um, kind of wonderful. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, the weird guy. Eric Stoltz. Oh, that guy. Okay. I think in, in, in Anaconda, Eric Stoltz gets like. Uh, Something happened. He gets sick in the beginning of the movie, and he's like sleeping the whole movie. That's like this Justin Bartha guy. In this one, he's in more of it, but in the first one, he's not in it. He's no, in the beginning and the end. That well, that that made me laugh. Also, you know, to to ha- to have that running gag 
that all yeah. three movie, all three movies, even the second one, he's he's nowhere. Second one, he just went to bed. Right, and that's it. Like, but it, it's <laughs> the fact that like, like you know, I guess you weren't expecting it. You're like, all right, this is a third movie. You're gonna give him a look. No, they're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna take I know. <laughs> oh man! No, no, so then awesome. we get the plan. Marshall says you we're gonna kill your friend Doug if you don't bring us Chow. So then their whole plan is like we have to get Chow. Where are we going to find drug him? him? Well, then they go, where are we going to find him? Yeah. And then isn't that, so that was the email. Wasn't there an email or he got a text or something like that? He goes, Alan well, no, that's a- when they were sitting in the car and he's staring at his email and he goes, oh, wow. Chow emailed me 20 minutes ago. Cause they're like, we're still waiting on Chow. And he goes, oh, he emailed me 20 minutes ago. <laughs> And he goes, I thought it was, he said something like, I thought I wasn't sure if it was important or not or something like, <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> so then Phil and man, cause Alan hates Stu so much when he's like trying to explain the plan and he's, and he's like, that's great, Phil. And then he yells at <laughs> Stu and then they have to go to this pharmacy in order to get like this high, I don't know if there's any other drugs they could have got or if, I don't know where else they could have got to, but it was so I thought there was going to be more to that scene when he goes, when the pharmacist kid is like, yeah, it's really weird. It's even weird. It's more of a red flag that you're the guy that wrote the prescription. So, okay. So let me, so he's a, he's a dentist who could prescribe a medication. Why didn't he just call it in and say, Hey, I'm calling it in for my patient, whoever, you know, Alan, Alan, and let Alan go in there and get it. Instead, he walks in all sweaty, all nervous, all like, like that made no sense at all because how many times do doctors call in your subscription? You go CVS, you pick it up. You know, you got something under your name. You don't have to show them anything. You just give CVS a free plug. uh, Okay. Well, we have a lot of fans. We have a lot of, we have have a lot of fans at CVS. (laughs) The receipts are so long (laughs) that people listen to our podcast, a whole episode. You know what? I I take it back. Don't go to CVS because I'm, you know, their receipts are so annoying. Go to Walgreens. Go to Walgreens. You can get Go to a Walgreens. Receipt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that scene when he goes, yeah, this is a total red flag. I gotta talk to my dad. Dad, this guy, and I'm, and then we cut to them in the car, and he comes into the car. I'm like, wait, what just happened? And he explains, oh, I almost lost my, you know, my dentist license and all this. I'm like, but nothing there has to be more to it. Nothing, yeah, nothing came out of that. And do a lot of like, like kids work with their dads at a pharmacy? Like, is that uh, well, that another wow, we're like connecting all these movies. That's like Step Brothers when he goes, Dad, I'm gonna join the family business. I'm a medical doctor. <laughs> you know what? We've connected Step Brothers at least three times right now. Step Brothers, and then the other, oh, yeah, that, that was it. No, three Step Brothers. Yep. So maybe this there is a universe like the multiverse. This is like the multiverse of Step Brothers because Alan, Alan could is, easily Alan's be like the their best brother. friend, yeah, or the other brother. There you go. <laughs> wow <laughs> whoa <laughs> so then they have to go to tijuana and alan has to go alone so they wait in the car and alan's sitting at the bus stop on the bench chow comes over and chow asks him for no i think i think chow was sitting there like the way what he just kind of appeared there like he did he walk over well alan was there first no he just yeah, appeared when the f- bus went past that's what I mean. Okay, yeah. So you don't see him yeah. come in there. <laughs> no. Because they're like, holy shit, he's there. Yeah. And they're they're like doing like a stakeout watch. Then he goes, 
Give me a kiss, fat boy. <laughs> you know, his, his, and it's funny, his accent comes and goes, like the, the accent he uses in this movie comes and goes throughout the whole movie. Yeah. There are times when it's really strong, like, you know, and then there's times when he talks normal. Yeah. And weird. there's times that Stu does the accent a few times to him. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was one that really stood out. There oh was my one God. that one I I remember. I mean, I'm sure there's more. <laughs> yeah. But I love that Alan is talking to him and he goes, I have no friends. And he goes, No, you sh- I'm sure you you have friends. I'm your friend. Stu and Phil are your friends. And he's like, Stu and Phil, why'd you mention Stu and Phil? Where are they? And then he looks over. <laughs> he gives them up and without even him pressing him, are you alone? He asked him one time, Are you by yourself? He said, Yeah. Were you followed? No. And then he gives it up like nothing. Well, do you expect anything less? I mean, you know, like, I I mean, again, you're putting your, you're you're bringing this guy who's had basically like a mental breakdown of sorts to a place to help him. And you're relying on him to, to bring in Chow. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on, on him. And then Phil right away, he's like, I miss you, Chow. And then this is one of the stew ones. He really says like, he does an R where there shouldn't be an R. Yes, like, he does. Yeah, he does it a few times. <laughs> we got to a bar in, in in Tijuana, and Chow is singing. What song would you think Chow singing? I hurt myself. <laughs> but you know what? Though it was very fitting. Like it was. Oh, it, I, yeah. I think it was the perfect song. Um, and then I think Bradley Cooper's like, "What the hell are we doing here?" Like you know, like <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it was pretty funny. And then they need. They ask him what he's been doing or something like that. And he says cockfighting. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, and then I think Alan goes, sounds terrific. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think Alan knew what he was talking about? Or do you think he was thinking of something else? I'm guessing he was thinking something else. Okay. Given things that he says in this movie, <laughs> and it just seems like it. But, but then again, he falls in love with a woman. Or it was the pre- although was she, perfect opposite? She was, I mean, she was a manly woman. They were, you know, they were the same person. Yeah, they they were literally the same person. They yeah, bonded she, over trash <laughs> talking their mothers. You know what? Only Melissa McCarthy, and we're not. I mean, I know we're not there yet, but could hold her own with these guys. Like oh, yeah. her, 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 she played the role so funny, like so good. Yeah. I mean, she's awesome. I I love her. Yeah. <laughs> so while he's singing. Phil, uh, Stu puts the drugs in his drink, and I love when they're doing ready to do a shot. It's like, hey, let's do it, let's do a cheers. And Chow sniffs the drink, and then within seconds, he has a knife <laughs> to Stu's throat. Well, Stu's an idiot. I mean, he made it so obvious there's something in there, yeah. like the way <laughs> yeah. he was doing it. And I mean, like, I just feel like Stu is always nervous. You know, it's from the first movie oh. on, he's always so like to me. They give too much. They give. I think Bradley Cooper gives way too much to Stu to do because he just really can't. I mean, if, if anyone needed to get information out of anyone, just go to Stu and he'll do. It. Alan does it by accident, but Stu would do it on <laughs> yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so you just want Phil to do everything. Phil uh, should just be like a one man band. Uh, doesn't he take control at the end of the movie? He kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. He does. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get the whole plot of the movie when they explain Marshall and he sent us here to get you. 
And then we get Chow talking about, okay, I know where the $21 million is. When I got arrested and put in prison, they seized my three mansions. So here's the villa that we have to go to in Mexico. And dude, that whole scene with the little, with with the miniature. Oh yeah. The whole, yeah. I have that whole clip. Okay. Okay. We're not breaking into this house. This house is too small. We're breaking into another house. This is just a model, right, Chow? <laughs> Dude, the whole chickens, when he sits on the chicken coop, and the chickens are just attacking everyone. <laughs> I love that it just goes zero to 60 because Chow pulls a gun out and he's shooting them off of their bodies. He's crazy. But look at his aim, though. He's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last, there's, the last one there's so much ca- there's so much chaos going on oh my uh. goodness <laughs> he's whispering to it while he kills it the looks on their face right now <laughs> <laughs> the way it's fighting it's fighting he's putting his arm on his neck like he moved his arm Oh. I can't see why Peter would have a problem with that. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with those chickens? Oh. They're angry. All I feed them is cocaine. <laughs> chicken. He's such a lunatic. He really yeah. is a, such a loose cannon. It's unbelievable. He's a great character, really. Like I, you, I know over the top in this one, a lot of him, but he owns it. And no, he, I he mentioned, owns I, it. I should have mentioned this before. Is he doesn't mind being naked uh, ever apparently. since the first movie. I think he volunteers. No, it has to. Well, listen, at that point, does it matter? Like, after the first movie, that was one of the funniest things ever, anyone's oh. ever seen, right? It was such a su- yeah. surprise. No one expected it. <laughs> and then the second one, I mean, what happens? You remember the second one? Yeah. When he thought it was a worm? <laughs> okay. So I think at that point, the joke is out. Clearly, he does not care about how he's perceived. So, what's the difference? You know, it's already sure. out. It's not like you know he's anything. It's not a surprise anymore. I mean, I mean, what he does at the end of this movie is ridiculous. I mean, like he <laughs> clearly does not care. You know, uh, I mean, I can't. I I wonder though, would it be great if that was ad libbed? Like if he wasn't supposed to do that, and he just walked out, and they felt because Melissa McCarthy starts cracking up. Wouldn't that be very uncomfortable? Wouldn't that be like a no-no to just walk out naked on set? Um, well, is that considered improv? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yelling a a line and saying like, "Hey, for this scene, I'm going to say the girl's. I'm going to say I dated a a girl blue hair instead of walking out with your dick hanging out." In the context, well, when did this movie come out? 2013. What does that mean? It was before the whole Me Too and all that stuff. So, like, I think well, it was. It doesn't matter. I'm saying that. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's, it's, anyway. it's right. I'm just saying. So, like, this, these things probably went on back then. And in some cases, it was okay. You know, it, it was okay. So, you know, like, Melissa McCarthy was laughing. Like, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like I think it's like anything else. I think it depends on your company. It's like playing. Uh, what's that game? The Cars Against Humanity. You know, you yeah, don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to play with a. You know, the, the crowd that's going to get offended by every card. 
Yes. So I I could see it being an improv. You know what? Do you ever see the movie um, Lucky Number Eleven? I I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. So I remember reading a thing where there's a scene where I forget the main character. He's a was it Ch- Channing Tatum or one of those guys? There were, there was a scene where Lucy Liu knocks on a door and opens the door and he's like his towel falls. Well, he's supposed to have shorts. In the movie, he actually didn't have anything on. So her reaction that to that scene is a real reaction. That's amazing. So that's what I mean. So like those things happen, I think. And I think back then it was more like now I don't think it, they could definitely not do it now. No, and it's funny because the next movie we're covering, Ghoulies Go to College, I interviewed Ron Schmidt, who was a cinematographer. He told me a behind the scenes stories from The Mist that only the parents knew that the kid was going to get a gun pulled on him. Oh, wow. So the kid had no idea. So his reaction was real. When Thomas Jane puts the gun up to his head. First of all, the end of the movie is one of the worst endings. I, I mean, I mean, good in a good way, but yeah. like horrible, horrible ending. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. So then we get to Chow's house and they drug the dogs. Wait, how does Chow know? Did they just, did they just figure out how he knew so much? Did they find out later on how he knew so much about this house? Well, they should have known that it's his house. He should know everything about his house. It's- well, is it his house? No, it's not his house, but I, they... But but I'm saying, so like, how, but he knows so much about the ins, ins and outs of everything with this house. He knew exactly where the gold was. He knew, you know, the alarm system. He knows the dogs. Did they ex- ever explain why he knows so much about that? I think he's a secret agent. He he knows, he can do a lot. He can parachute. Uh, okay. Anyone could parachute if they had to. Really? <laughs> you throw the umbrella up in the air and you jump you have to steer it if I would have done that in Vegas okay. now, I you, right okay. to okay. you're talking about steering I'm just talking about anyone can use a parachute oh, steering is okay. a different story I mean listen anyone can drive you know not everybody can drive well Michael, Michael Myers can drive extremely well he can he can <laughs> but so okay so do they explain why he knows so much i don't remember like, no I don't know. no okay. they don't explain it no I, I even like marshall that's what i mean i'm surprised he didn't mention anything in that next scene like did he part. ever maybe he worked for marshall at some point or like you know like they that would have no been, that, they, they said sh- that night they may, brought them together so that whole night that interaction brought the two worlds like chow into marshall's world that's what i mean so there's no reason why he would know where the gold is there's yeah. absolutely no reason. And if he know. and if he does, then Mar- then shame on Marshall for not for allowing that to get out somehow. Yeah, wouldn't he have having a yeah, how would that get out? <laughs> how would he know that? <laughs> so then they I I love that when they pretend to be the dogs. And I love that Alan wants to do it. And he looks at Phil and he goes, Do you, you want to tell him? tell him that he's too fat? <laughs> No, he doesn't. He doesn't say too fat. He just says, "Do you want to tell him?" <laughs> so he is. So he doesn't even say too fat. Um, and then I. And then I think Stu said something. And Stu might have yeah. said something about his weight. But I. But the first thing was, "You want? You want to tell him?" <laughs> <laughs> but again, I love that he's sniffing I, his ass. Oh well, yeah. They're he's, pre- he, really. Pre- he's really pretending to be a dog. He, well, that's that's. I'm sure it's not the first time he's done that. <laughs> <laughs> so, him and Alan I mean, probably wear listen, dog collars. He, he, they didn't have to put the dog collars on their neck. They could have carried it in their hand. 
<laughs> so, you know, this is like, you know, this is right up Chow's like, you know, it's like a role play. He did a role play with, with Stu. And again, once again, Stu's the one. I mean, listen, Bradley Cooper is the same size as Stu. He couldn't go in. Yeah. Why are they sending the most nervous guy again in there? Like they, I feel like Bradley Cooper almost sets Stu up every single time. Yeah. Because <laughs> he could have done it. Just saying. Yeah. But yes. I love it, that. The the wire scene had me dying. The fact that he is like, which one? So they get to the, they have to cut him at the same exact time. And when he's looking at the wires and he's like, which one do I cut? And was it at first he said the middle one? Well, no, he said the gray one, right? Something like that. Then he said gray. Well, I think, no, first it was the middle one. He goes, okay, well, how do I know our middles are the same? Which color? And he goes, the gray one. And he's looking at his wires, which are like, red yellow and green or something and he's like what do you mean he goes what colors do you have he goes gray light gray and dark gray and he goes fuck i'm colorblind he goes i forgot it i forgot that i'm colorblind he forgot that he was colorblind <laughs> which you know what makes a lot of sense because some of the outfits he wears are horrendous <laughs> so <laughs> true. you know and it, you know I, you see this a lot in movies that wires have to be cut the same time but clearly they're not cut the same time like, there's yeah, always one person not. cutting before the other person. Like, so is the same time meaning, like, you have, like, three seconds before, like, you know, an ex- damage is done? Or I would think MacGyver, like, there's got to be, like, yeah, there's got to be a grace period, a few seconds in between. Okay. It's not like the wire's right away of something. I don't know. There has to be some kind of, it's got to take time for that wire that gets snips to get to the other one or and something. And there's always someone that goes a little faster, you know, on, on a one, two, three count. Someone always goes a little faster. Yeah, because if what if the other guy's like, okay, I thought we we're going on go, and then, <laughs> well, I think everybody's one, two, three is at a different speed. Some people say one, two, three fast. Some say it very slow. So, okay, that is true. Just wanted to know if if that was really that if there's a grace period. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any electrical bomb experts <laughs> that know of wires have to be cut at the same time, at sequels only on Twitter. Do you think it's know. a real thing though? Do you think it's a real thing that wires have to be cut the same time? I would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. If you for, for what purpose would that be? Or, right. Yeah. So what would that do if <laughs> I cut both of them? It doesn't go to the cops. If I cut one, it goes to the cops. Wouldn't the cops be like, "Oh shit, both are offline now"? Yeah. Or something. Okay. All right. Just curious. I love that when he when Stu goes, "I'm gonna come over and help you." He goes, "All right, just do the one in your left hand." He goes, "Oh shit, I'm dyslexic." <laughs> See, do you think you think I think Chow is just playing with him? I think Chow, oh. you know, I, I think he knew the whole, he knew how nervous Stu gets. And listen, he's sadistic. Chow is completely sadistic. And he says it like at the end, like, wasn't it fun killing people or hurting people? Like he like to Alan and Alan's like, no. So like I feel like he's totally playing with Stu and like just wants to see him squirm. Oh yeah. And then when they get into then they finally get into the house, it works. They go in the basement. Chow gets like <laughs> It looks like a guy trying to hit like at the carnival, like the big game with the sledgehammer. He's like almost like uh, it's bigger than him. <laughs> it was like bigger than him. The, 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 <laughs> and yes, his like you're thinking like okay, he's he's been a pretty badass in this movie so far. So you think he's gonna you know? And the what happens when he swings at it, it was I was laughing. It was very funny. <laughs> it like almost bounces back and hits him. <laughs> and then Phil volunteers when he like to show him up a little bit 
And then I love that Chow again, going with the theme of these guys. He says, take your shirt off. It makes it easier. And Alan agrees. <laughs> he nods his head. I, but see, see, okay. So I just think with Alan, I just think he's so naive that he really thinks yeah, it does make it easier. Like, I don't think, I, I don't think he's not, he's not looking at, at, you know, Bradley Cooper in the sexual way, like Chow is, I just think he's like, you know, he's just, he's like, it's five-year-old. So like, you know, when you tell a five-year-old something, you know, they take it for face value. And I think yeah. Alan takes everything at face value, you know? <laughs> so I believe I, that in one sense. And then the other sense, I, when he says the line that he, he, when he says he's fucking me in the ass and he goes, he does that from time to time. That's a little on the nose. Yeah, but that's not that's not saying that he was part of that. He's just saying. Oh, he's just saying. Oh, he knows. I just know. He, I know he does that. Yo, listen, they write letters to each other. You not. You don't think Chow said, "Listen, I met this cute guy in the cell block four. You know, <laughs> you know, we had a intimate moment later. You know, I mean. So I, I think that I, I think Alan is is naive, and he's again, he's a child. So he takes everything. I don't. I don't. Listen, he falls so in love with Melissa McCarthy so fast that I don't think that. I, I just think he's naive. Let's put it that yeah. way. Chow's just the Chow's just the <laughs> sexaholic. He's just he's ridiculous. a sexaholic, and he's a such. I was not not that I wasn't expecting it, but the fact that when he was up in the doorway and they're passing up the gold like on the chain, like each person when he was up in the doorway, I'm like. Man, something some bad's gonna happen. And the okay. fact that he locks them in the base. Okay, okay, but before you get there, so so I have a problem with this because they're clearly they're they're moving one brick at a time, one gold brick at a time, and then I guess because it was heavy, right? Or how other but yet Chow yeah. walks out with two bags filled with gold. <laughs> and and he's able to lift the entire bag to put it in a trunk. So why were they doing you know, you're, you're, you're breaking into a house, so you want to get in and out as fast as possible. Wouldn't one at a time for four people take forever? That's true. So, like, so what was like, what was the point? And like, you would like, why would they go along with that? Like, that made absolutely no sense. That's a definite plot hole. A, a big one, because he walks out with those two bags, and Chow's a small guy, and yeah. he lifts it up. There's no way. First of all, there's no way he's lifting a bag up into the trunk. Yeah, they're like heaving those. I was going to say, they're heaving it. Easily toss them. They're like, it looks like they're so heavy, which is not a lot of them. I don't know how much they weigh, but because remember, Melissa McCarthy says that they're worth 440,000, but he only took what I had in cash, 18K, (laughs) which is crazy. Yeah, no. But listen, they had two bags filled. And yeah, you're right. Every time they were lofting it, and when they were catching it, it was like they were, their hands were going down to the ground. They were like, yeah, yeah, but but Chow's able to lift both bags the same exact time and put in a trunk. <laughs> yeah, okay, but he is Chow. So, so when they get arrested, how funny was the scene when they're like, go when the cops are going through the first two, Stu and Phil, no, no misdemeanors, no felonies, only one arrest in Vegas, and when they go to Allen, and it's like a, a friggin'. Term, binder. Like it's a, a binder. It's a, it's a binder. <laughs> exactly. A binder. When they go, is this all you? And I love that he goes first page. <laughs> and 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 he's like and he's like reminiscing. He goes, oh yeah, that was a good one. That was like you know, you know whatever he yeah. said. He yeah. does that for a few of them, and then he stops and he goes, "Yep, I masturbated on a bus." 
And and he's like proud of all of them. Like he he yeah. was like, like he really like he it was like he was like he was going through like an old photograph like you know uh, album of like you know his childhood and like you know you you do that once in a while you look at your old sports teams and you know your graduations. No, he's going through his criminal records and he's like, oh yeah, I remember that's a good one. Oh yeah, I did this. It's I like did yeah. it's like he's thinking. I would love to have montage and it's to Green Day's uh, the <laughs> times the- of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> And it's him on a bus. All the other things. Well, one was something in your. Wait, school. you'd want. Wait, you'd want to see him on the bus do that. <laughs> it would be funny. If he had a, a jacket over it. And <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, he talks about a few crimes. I mean, that's well, one the other one's out. outside of a. No one. The other one's like outside of a school or something. Because oh. <laughs> as we know, oh, that's a good callback to the first one. Because remember when they oh, went yeah, to go he, pick up Phil, he said, "Oh, how long are we be here? I'm not, I'm not allowed within 50 yards of any school." So this seems to be a recurring uh, a theme for Alan's crimes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, all right. <laughs> so at this point, I don't, I, I'm sure you remember the movie, but I had no clue who picked them up when they go all the charges are dropped, and I'm thinking there's another person in this movie that I didn't see on the IMDb. There's another maybe somebody bigger than Marshall, but then you see the car taking them back to the house that they were just at. So okay, so at this point, you didn't think it was Marshall's house. You're like, all right, the who? No, like, well, until they once they went back there, then I was thinking like, oh, this is kind of weird. You know, it's funny. I for some reason, and I guess maybe he had a bigger role in the second movie, but I I was thinking it was Mike Tyson's house. Like and, and I forgot. I, I he's not. In, I thought he was in this movie. So I, I, he had a big part in the second movie, right? That's why Stu got the tattoo. No, and all the first stuff. one. Oh, it was the first one. No, was the it? second one. He just got it when they saw it as like an homage to the first one. Oh, so he he wasn't in the second one at all. No, no, he was just in the first one. Okay, okay. So for some reason, I don't know why I thought it was Mike Tyson's house. So I'm like <laughs> waiting for Mike Tyson to come out. And yeah, okay. That'd be good to have if they were able to have him in it. That'd be that's, awesome. that's a throwback right there. You know, that would have been great. And then, and you know what? He could have played the martial role. <laughs> Do you imagine that? <laughs> Isn't that great when you think about the first movie? Obviously, what really ends up happening, Doug is just on the roof drunk. But the fact that in the movie, Mike Tyson is really the, the biggest hurdle that they have. In the movie, because they have to get the tiger that they stole back to his house, and they think that, you know, they he has Doug. That's that's what the whole thing was. Which is pretty funny. That really nothing. Everything in that movie happened for really no reason because he was just on the roof. Well, you know, not for nothing, but all these problems are because of Doug. Like, if there's no Doug, there's no bachelor party. There's no Vegas. He doesn't get you know. He doesn't pay. And there's they, no they, they can't find him. There's, well, no, Alan could be around. Well, they wouldn't know Alan. Um, Alan's a byproduct of Doug. That's Doug's brother-in-law. I, okay, but, but but even so, though, Doug's the reason why, they, because of his bachelor party, his wedding, and because they confused the other Doug, Chow confused Doug with Doug, Black Doug. So yeah. if there was no Doug, there would no, be no confusion with Doug. So in the second or third one, there would be no issues. It's all because of Doug. <laughs> So Doug's the biggest villain in this whole movie. That's good. Doug's need more res- representation in movies. So there's too no, many. I appreciate dogs. that. No, too, too many, many dogs. dogs. We we didn't mention it yet, but it, the the 
Doug's wife in all these movies is the girl in Hellraiser yep, Inferno. Yep, yep. Which is still crazy that that's her. But, uh, yeah, great. so this scene was intense. The fact that, dude, what, the fact that Marshall's pissed off because now Chow has all 42 million, he turns and, he, and he's like, I'm going to shoot somebody. And he's like pointing the gun at them three. And then he turns and shoots Black Doug. Did you expect that? No. And then he goes, you're my head of security. It's really, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. And and that's the whole point. Like so, like how how did Chow know? So maybe maybe Doug was in on it, because I mean Chow knew a lot of information about that house and security. So maybe he knew that Doug somehow this happened. But see, that he also make, goes <clears throat> that would have made sense. That would have made more sense. Mentioned that, right? And he goes, uh, I'm in a mood of killing Dougs today. So if you don't get the you know the money, you know you got I still got the yellow Doug. <laughs> he goes, what Chow? He took the money, and he, and he goes, what else could he have done? And he goes, he killed the two dogs. He goes, what? We didn't kill those dogs. We we just drugged them. They should wake up in a few hours. He goes, no, he must have went on his way out, snap both their necks. It's like, wow. Chow, I, I, the fact that they're re- really revolving this whole movie around Chow is amazing. Like, it really is. Like, the whole yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Chow. It's insane for Ken Jong. Like, he was, I don't know what he was in. I know he's in community, but I don't know what he was in. Oh, you don't know his story? Do you know his story? No, I know he's a real doctor. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, and, I know the and whole he story, wanted, Oh, yeah. That, that's amazing no, in I, itself. No, I know that. But it, I'm, I'm saying the fact that I think Community was on the same time as the first Hangover. But from there, boom. So he was in Community? Like he was a regular? He Yeah, he was. I thought he was a regular. He was one of the teachers at the Community College. What, I never I never saw Community. Was, He's was, the meme. When you look at the meme. Yeah, no, no. At okay, that's paper, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that's one of the best memes ever, by the way. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that Alan pissed his pants and Marshall as a nice gang leader. He goes, can you get this gentleman a pair of sweat, pair of my sweatpants? And then he's like calling out what size. Exactly. exactly. And, and that was improv because they, uh, during the bloopers, he has about four different lines. Like you see John Goodman say it a few times and uh, Alan turning around saying, you know, yeah, I, I'm a big and tall. I can't wear I can't wear satin. It makes my, you know, undercarriage itch or something like, like he does like so many different things. It's very funny. I'll have to watch that. He goes sweats. I'm a 44 slim. 44 slim, yeah. <laughs> so now they have to find Chow, and so they have to figure out how. Obviously, Chow took Phil's van, which had Phil's uh, snow, uh, cell phone in it, and Alan suggests <laughs> using Find My Friend. I, this is so funny. Like, I mean, the, the password is, is re- do you remember the password? Oh, what was that? Hey, hey Phil. <laughs> he goes, Hey, Phil, the password. He goes, what's the password? No, that's the password. Hey, Phil. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So now it all comes full circle. They're back in Vegas. They have to go into Vegas. And you know, there are some Easter eggs. One that I don't know exactly what it is. They did flash the billboard of Brian Callen's uh, wedding chapel. It was only for like a second. They didn't really show the front of it. They just showed like a billboard come up on a digital billboard and it was his thing. I think it's when they found the van outside of the, cause that's the scene we're at now when they go to the pawn shop and we meet Melissa McCarthy for the first time. She crushes it. She totally. And you know, it's funny. She treats them the way um, Alan treats Stu. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that, again, like you said, he, 
She's a female version of him. She is, yes. And he's Alan's hitting on her about Billy Joel, and he talks about, yeah, I went to that concert. Oh, I heard that was legendary. Yeah, it was pretty legendary. <laughs> well, just the fact, like when he first sees her, he just like you could see it, like Lady in a Tramp eyes, like he just like yeah. they they both they, together were just so in- and she like she crushes it, and it was so funny. Her trashing her mom and saying, Cassie, I'm hungry. I thought you ordered Chinese. Mom, I'm with a customer. You'll eat when I say it's time to eat. But the doctor, if you don't reverse that right now, there's going to be hell to pay. (laughs) (laughs) She's rude. Thank you. Yeah, you hear that, Mom? Nobody likes you. Yeah, keep your mouth shut. Oh. They're smart. And she looked at him like, okay, we're cool. <laughs> That's awesome. a lot of really laugh out loud moments in this movie. There's a lot of funny parts in the movie, but there's a lot that like I couldn't not laugh. And you know wow. what's funny? They're all Alan. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that just shows you how I mean what a character he made in oh, this yeah. movie. I mean. And but but you see, you know, we talked about the the um chemistry between the other guys and and alan he he, he kind of plays the same role in a movie with robert downey jr do you, you ever see that movie when robert yeah downey? i've seen that yeah and it doesn't to me it's like it wasn't the same like you know like yeah it's not as fun it's no, not no, as funny and so like you know yeah. chemistry is everything so you know even though alan's the funniest part but like his interaction with the other two and just them together it was just perfect because it's you know you, yeah. you you separate it it's not the same yeah is anything with robert downey he plays because they don't know each other at all. And right. There's no connection. So yeah, no that that isn't as funny like seeing them two to do it. Right. And then so we mentioned before, so it was so awkward when Chow. Well, not awkward. Just the fact that he had a four hundred thousand dollar brick, and he just wanted whatever cash that she had. So he had, she gave him eighteen thousand, which is pretty great for her. Yeah. It's like a year, like a couple of years worth. Based on the crap shop. that was at that store, <laughs> I mean, you looked around that store. It, it they had violins and cellos. Like it was like. Yeah, Alan knocked them all down. <laughs> well, before that, he has a lollipop that he That's gives to her. No, no, there was another lollipop scene. I think that was I don't remember sec- that. Yeah, there was one with with Stu early on, but so but he has the lollipop. And he puts it in her mouth, and then she crunches on it, and Alan gets excited. That's when he like well, he, gets goes, ex- he gets excited, but he goes, "We gotta go. We should go." Yeah, right away. Right when she crunched it, like so. Does that mean like he wants her to bite, like bite him? Like I don't know, but it seemed like he was scared that she bit, or maybe he had an accident. <laughs> hey Marshall, I need a pair of sweatpants. <laughs> see, that would be you know what that would have been a funny line. <laughs> and then and then he yeah he fall he does you know you know pratt comedy falls into all the you know and and she she kind of like looking at him like he is an idiot but he looks like he could be my idiot kind of thing yeah you know and then they asked like anything that you heard chow say and that's when she she said chow wanted three things girls guys and bath salts it was bad because that's when bath salts were like the funny, like, I don't know if it was funny. There was some crazy shit that people were on bath salts around this time in the news. But uh, then they, they have to go. Well, to Heather. They were. You remember the whole thing with the 
well, yeah, people were doing bath salts, and the one guy was like a zombie, and he ate someone in Miami. Dude, wait, he ate someone because of bath salts? He was eating. He was so f- messed up on them as like a drug, and he was like chewing on his friend's face. And a cop came <laughs> up, and you don't remember that? It was insane. It was like something out of Resident Evil. It was insane. All right, that's. But we'll watch it. I'll, I'll send it to I'll you. To, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So then we get uh. Heather Graham back in the movie. She lives in a monster house. She's pregnant. Okay, so that baby was hers in the first movie? Yeah. Uh, did we ever find out who the father was? Like, was there ever... Well, like... well <laughs> Alan takes responsibility. Well, I, well, the, well, this scene's a little creepy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, so um, definitely a little creepy. And I'm surprised that she allowed him to spend a time were they in a tent or something <laughs> well like, no they were they only went into the tent after he said i'm your father <laughs> <laughs> then the kid was probably like you're my dad let's go in my tent well he also says your name is carlos <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you know and the kid and, and he even and he calls him carlos when he's leaving so <laughs> and he gives him the aviators yeah 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 which again, that was a funny throwback, you know, to the first. Now, was that the same kid in the first movie? You think? Oh, I don't know. Because I, I mean, maybe it, ti- timing it, it would work. It, it, it timing, and it kind of looked like him. I, I want, I, you know what? Why not? Like that would have been a good throwback because it kind of looked like him. Yeah. But I, I, but they didn't like. They never found out. Like, was there like like in something about Mary that we found out was Brett Favre? Like, was there like a like there wasn't like a like a no? See, that would have no. been funny. That would have been funny if it was like you know, it was Chow. Imagine, like, <laughs> how great would that be? That's you find out. But, it just, but just the fact that he says to the kid, How do you like Jeff? He goes, He's okay. And he goes, He's your fake dad. I'm your real dad. I'm like, Whoa. Well, the way that at the end, the end of the scene, it looked like the kid believes him. He does. <laughs> he does. And the mom was like, Heather Graham looked like she was like, Okay, that's great that you guys had fun because he seemed like you had a good time. And she calls her contacts because she doesn't strip it. She's not a prostitute anymore or strip. And she finds out that Chow has the penthouse at the Caesars. So now it's all full circle. All full circle. All full circle. You think, so it's, the same, you think, you think it's the same father for the kid? The same father as who? She, she's pregnant. So you think you think the guy no, Jeff. No, it's a different guy. Oh, it is a different guy. No, no, Jeff isn't Carlos's dad. Okay. It's right. like his stepdad. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, because she just met the guy in the last few years. Because remember, even at the end of the first one, they left that open. That's why it was weird in se- the second one that Stu is getting married to Jamie Chung because Stu left and like exchanged numbers with Heather Graham. And then, and then that next day at Doug's wedding, he broke up with. Uh, Forget That's her right. real name. She's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So then, uh, Phil's plan is pretty insane to go because you have to get only way to get to that penthouse is by key card. And so his plan is to take all these towels and climb to the roof. First of all, I, you see that? Well, he was. They were carrying towels, but it looked like they were sheets. Yes, they were, they they were, were sheets. Okay, so there so definitely wasn't towels because I, I I can't imagine towels tying like that, but. My question is, why would you take the fat guy to climb down? Like, they didn't need Alan there. It wasn't like, you know, he's meeting Chow or anything. Like, Stu could have done it. Why Why would... Like, I feel like Phil 
is the brains of the operations, but at the same time, he doesn't think the consequences of, of the people he chooses. Well, I think earlier you said, well, Stu gets nervous. I can see Stu starting to do it. And oh, go, so ah! now, okay, so now he decides not to use Stu? I mean, he used Stu for everything else. You know, I mean, uh, to me, yes, Stu gets nervous, but you're going to trust tying knots on sheets over, what, four stories to have the fat guy do it. Uh, not for nothing. Could they have, like, in the time... It's Vegas. There's not a 24 hour sporting goods store, and they could have got a like rope. real rope, right, right, right. <laughs> or a well, hardware store. The fact that they knew exactly, like they took look like tunnels inside the hotel to get to where they were going. Like how they know how they get into all those access areas, and how they know about it. I know they snuck into one, but how they know where to go? No, I know. Like how do you know? Like okay, this is employees only, but you know how to get to the roof from there. And how do you know it's just not like a, a break room? Like, like, yeah. I mean, a hotel's a huge. How do you know where? Like, yeah, they knew too much. All too right. much. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fact that, like, Phil is struggling and Alan pulls out his flip phone to take a photo and then fills into it. He goes, okay, did you get a good one? He goes, yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so they got a big party going on. They don't hear the yelling they don't see the towels or the, the like. They, no one, no one sees anything. I mean, Chow was outside two seconds before they started doing this. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's so loud in there, and with the strobe lights, because like, I think the strobe lights really added a cool element once they get in there. But before that, when so Phil gets down, Alan starts. He's really shaky. The, the sheet unties. He falls onto the letter. <laughs> Dude, I was dying. When he's laying, he just laying there. Like he was just laying there. He's like, all right, I'm not gonna just the way he fit there was very funny. And, and he okay. goes, I'll catch you. Okay. He looked pretty high up. Like oh I, I feel like if he even if he tries to catch him, he's gonna crush him. Yes. <laughs> I would have took the there were the two beach chairs, the lounge chairs there. I would have like Maybe put them on top of each other, maybe to break the fall or cushions or something. Something. Yeah. Something. I love that he goes, just drop. Don't jump at all. And he does jump and he lands on the edge. Well, it's the way he, he goes, yeah, the way he jumps off is like like, like almost like a swan like dive, like such so, so ridiculous. And he lands exactly yeah. on the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you mentioned it before, like this movie is like so many different types of movies in one. Because when they go in and you get like the strobe lights, you see like naked girls, all people around. And then in the hallway, they're standing there, there's nothing. Light goes out, strobe comes on, Chow's there with a gun. And freaking Phil, who's an elementary school t- or middle school teacher, in seconds, he fights him off to put the gun against well, the wall. Well, fire. It, it, there was a very weak fight. I mean, Phil got his ass kicked. <laughs> I it's mean, Chow. Okay, how did Chow reach his head? Chow is like five. He gave him a headbutt, but Phil is. If, I mean, I'm assuming Bradley Cooper is probably five ten, maybe six. Like, he's a tall guy, like right. Yeah. Chow has got to be like five five. How did he headbutt him? <laughs> I mean, and and. They're struggling over. I mean, listen, he could be a badass, you know, like a, a lunatic. He only looks like he weighs like 120 pounds. Yeah. Chow. I mean, you literally could pick him up and throw him. You know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, they really should be much of a struggle. <laughs> I love the room that he goes through is, I guess, like the pet, the 
like the master bedroom and it looks like a meat it looks like meat loves video i i can do i do anything for love there's a million candles lit in that room which nobody would light that many candles and like seven naked girls there weren't there i didn't see one guy in that whole area he ordered guys guys, he did order guys maybe maybe the guys were first Girls are the second part. Maybe it was like the uh, what movie was that that we watched when they they were like they're all hiding in a closet and they're like they're hiding everywhere the when they're on the cruise. <laughs> oh, in uh, what the uh, dorm uh, dorm, dorm days. Days too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're like all in the closet and everything. <laughs> God, that was a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was hiding in that room, and they're all naked. Like they were all <laughs> naked in that closet. Like how uncomfortable Even the that even the pirate <laughs> pirate is great <laughs> who i was texting with because you got his information for an interview and then he never really like texted me for a week or two <laughs> but yeah so then chow is on the balcony and he jumps off he has the parachute and he's floating around where but where he, where was he hiding that parachute because he literally was standing up there you don't see anything like you didn't see a backpack or anything where, no, he didn't have one on at all. At I don't all. think he had one on when he, he had jumped nothing. Up. He had nothing on. Like, he'd look like... Yeah. So, did you think... Like, what did you think he was doing? Like, did you think he was going to... Like, when he jumped, like, what did you think was happening? Dude, I at first thought, because how crazy this movie is, he was going to jump and land on... I guess it couldn't have been a helicopter, but I thought he was going to land on something. Oh, yeah. I, I, I forgot. So, I, I'm thinking, like... And you see this in so many movies. He was going to land in the fountain. How many times you see like a movie when they fo- jump off like a balcony and they land in a fountain and they're okay? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's perfectly flat. Fine. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> so Stu now is following him in a car. And I love that Chow singing R-, R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. And then we get the one uh, Todd Phillips always has cameos in his movies. He is just paying a prostitute for like, it's like three seconds. They set up that shot just so he can be in the movie. But he always has good ones, like yeah. all the ones that he has. Like in the first one, he is when they get into the elevator, he's just done like eating a girl's it, out because he's wiping his face and he was like in between her legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So they have uh the gold. So Chow left whatever gold that was left <clears throat> in his penthouse. So they were able to do Well, so that would be all that would be all of it then, right? That would be the, the one they just sold. Okay. Well, yeah, he had to pay for the girls. He had to pay for the girls and the parachute. And the guys, I don't know. I don't know what. The, oh, the parachute. <laughs> that must have been expensive, right? Well, that wasn't a normal parachute, so it was probably a high tech parachute because you couldn't see it. It was, and the fact that they called Stu, who's nervous as hell, to to while driving in a traffic area in Vegas to look in the sky and try to follow a guy parachuting. He almost crashes about fifteen times as he's driving. <laughs> Like and the fact that Chow lands on him. <laughs> well, first he goes missing. So, so he goes yeah. behind the building and he loses him. And then somehow, somehow Chow is able to aim it and land on Phil. Like what are the odds <laughs> <Yeah>. of that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he lands on the front of the car. <laughs> and he looks at him and he's like, Oh shit. So, okay. So, you know, you see this a lot in movies where like, you know, a car will crash into like a, a thing of fruit and it, it smears all over the windshield or a thing of chickens and feathers all over the place and people can't see and, and they continue to drive. 
Now he's driving with Chow on there and the parachute covering the windshield on a busy Las Vegas <laughs> street. How long do you think that sh- that should last before he hits another car? <laughs> I mean, wow. it, and it happens in every movie. They keep driving all the time. They can't see a- ever. Yet somehow they're able to drive for a long, well, a long time. They're so lucky that everyone else is paying attention <laughs> and not being able to. Oh, so that's what it is. So everybody's able to get out of the way on a Everybody. busy on a busy traffic filled highway of Vegas because it's never busy. Yes. Okay. That's believable. <laughs> well, how about the fact that he dumped him? He slammed the brakes. Chow flies is knocked out, and no one no one saw this because no he takes a little while to put him in the car. No, no, no one's. First of all, I thought I thought Chow was faking it. I thought he was faking it. So this way, you know, when Phil got, he would like pull a gun on him or something, you know. Ah, uh, no, yeah. But he was really hurt this time, and yeah, no one stopped once. Well, listen, they didn't. No one stopped when they were getting kidnapped either. Like it, you know, in the areas they're in, people just keep doing their business. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the law of the Seinfeld law, you know, is in effect here, and no one pays attention to it. Right? Isn't that <laughs> was that a law that like if you if you see something that don't... was the Good Samaritan the Good Samaritan okay. law? Yeah, right, that, right. That's how the series ended. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just the fact that they threw him in the trunk, so now they called Marshall and they met him near some like shady exit, and. They said Chow's in the trunk, and he goes, "Okay, fine. Doug is yours now. Get out of here." Okay, and then he turns and shoots the trunk. He doesn't look. Okay, so you're gonna tell me this guy has been holding Doug this whole time, waiting for his gold and everything else. He's not gonna check the trunk first to make sure Chow's in there. He's just gonna say, "All right, you guys leave now. I'm not gonna check the trunk. I'm gonna assume that you guys are doing the right thing because you've never done anything wrong." begin with you know like he doesn't yeah. like he just so like i I think he slipped in that part he did and it's like it might have been better for us as the audience because we knew that he was still in the trunk because when they were pulling up chow was like come on guys please let me out and he was like yelling to him so maybe if they didn't have that part we would have been even more shocked no of course part. no no and, and and it definitely fits but i'm saying as a, a, a mobster guy that you know is he did it wrong. You know, there's a proper yeah. way to do an exchange, you know, and that's not it. What would you have done? You open the trunk. Well, I said, sure right, wait, wait, hold there. on to dog. I want to make sure he's in there, you know, um, before you give the exchange. You you, you get rid of your leverage if you, d- you did it that way, the, the other way, the now, way he did it. Now, could you now could you look at the guy or would you just open the trunk, say he's there, close it again, and then shoot? Would you have to see him? Of course you got to see him. Well, how do you oh, know? Wow. What, what if it's itself? Maybe it's like they had the wrong Doug in the first movie. Maybe they had the wrong Chow. Like no, I mean, chow. like, no, I'm saying you open the trunk. Yeah. Now, do you shoot then or do you go, okay, that's the right guy. I'm going to close it now. I'm well, because it. I'm so annoyed at Chow, I want to I want to shut the, the, the trunk thinking he has a chance and then shoot him. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I Did would do. Did you expect the crowbar maybe? I, I and it, That was two things I thought of. I thought he was going to have the crowbar again, and we were going to get that same sort of thing, obviously, with his clothes on this time. Well, you know what, though? I think it would have been funny if he didn't have his clothes on. Like, why <laughs> Like why would his clothes be off? And that's like, that would be chow. Like, that would be like, yeah. see, to me, that would be a good throwback. Like, let him yeah. jump out again with the crowbar, no clothes on, start swinging away, you know, and I think that would have been a very funny scene. Because then, like, Gosh. you know, like it's like, because he's so unpredictable that that would have been funny. And the fact that Marshall's so pissed when he opens up the trunk and he's not there. And then we realize because just before that, when Al- Alan was the one to get the gold, 
he was the one that reached in the back seat. He opened up the latch and he admitted that to everyone. Well, bef- before he did that, though, like when, when they were doing before the exchange, he had like remorse on his face. Like he, so he yeah. knew because Chow kept saying they're going to kill me. So he didn't want that to happen. So you kind of like sort of remorse after afterwards. You could see where Alan did it because he was definitely, yeah. you know. Dude, but that was intense when he just like pops out of the friggin' the the sunroof and just pops them all. He he he's a bad. He really is like you know as he's like the most dangerous. He's most dangerous kind of criminal because he's so unpredictable yet he's so lethal. Yeah, you know, and and he's su- and he's really super smart because he's able to he's able to get out of every situation he's in. Like he really is, you know. So. And then it's like a hard moment for him. So he obviously saved them. And obviously he saved them, but they would have been free anyway. So it was really just Alan risked all of his friends' lives for Chow. And then minutes later, what does he do? He breaks up with them. He breaks up. Now, if you're these guys, would you? I mean, I, I mean, I know they're not killers, but do you think it's safe to leave Chow still alive? Because you know... That's not the end that they're going to see of him. You know, there's going to be something else that somehow Chow's going to be like at that point. Do you somehow just try to try to get rid of him? I, I would. I mean, they, they've, they've already broke the law so many times in three movies. That's true. They've done so many hard different, you know, like so many different things. What's one more thing, you know, because otherwise you're just going to, you're going to constantly have issues with Chow alive. Yeah. I'm just no, saying, true. I'm just saying, you know, it you might have to do something. Isn't it funny? All the stuff that they did. And then we, we saw that scene when they were in prison in Mexico and they just had like a misdemeanor charge <laughs> out of all the crazy shit they yeah. did. But no, I would think about killing him until Alan breaks up to, with him because Alan is the gateway. He's the connection to Chow. So if Alan doesn't talk to him and then he'll so, never be around. Oh, him. so you're saying maybe kill Alan then. so so you kill the gateway there's no chow Stu would have loved that (laughs) Stu would have been like ready to see you know what and and it would probably be a lot easier to kill alan than chow (laughs) so yeah you know what okay maybe that's the way to go maybe you kill alan and it's all over you gotta stop like lenny it would have been like lenny and vice of men it would have it would he is lenny he literally is lenny and i think that's the way to go that's that that's what they should have done and you know what Alan's not really living happy. You know, he's so confused in his life. He probably would be happy dead. <laughs> but then it changes because after this, they go to pick that up the true. van at the pawn shop. And he goes, guys, I think I'm going to stay. And he goes in and he hits on Melissa McCarthy one more time. What do you think of his move of dropping his pants? <laughs> <laughs> that was so random. Like it's so funny and like and she uh, what she says she goes I think uh, I think we gotta take it a little a little slower <laughs> you know he goes I saw this in a movie once or no yeah. he's no he said porn he said a pornographic <laughs> he said a pornographic Pornograph- <laughs> <laughs> but they kissed and then kissed. six months later Alan's getting married and how about what he's gonna wear to his wedding. And Doug is like all for it and then gets him to change. He's wearing a top hat. A top hat. And and then Stu said, you look like Mr. Peanut. And he goes, that was the look I was going for. <laughs> and so then, so then Doug takes his hat off 
how how much do you love his hair? When it, when it's like <laughs> when it's like greased down and flat, like how great is that? It just so. I mean, you know, I I he he had a shaved head in the second movie. Like he really like you want to talk about method acting? That's Alan. I mean, all yeah, movies. He literally like he he went all out in every movie. Yeah, and I love that Phil just being the nice guy, and I'm sure it's true because. Alan, I got to tell you, I just got done talking with Cassie. She's so great. I'm so happy for you. And he goes, yeah, I find Cassie to be better than your wives. <laughs> One last dig. Yeah, it's so good. And then and then he, he says, listen, guys, I'm going to have, I just want to tell you, you know, I got to spend more time with my wife. But on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like, we still have to go, what do you say, bowling or something? Just- <laughs> yeah. He goes, I'm resigning from the wolf pack, except on, and then he sets a whole schedule out for them. <laughs> And then uh, and that I, was that was the end of the movie, right? Well, the end of the movie, I, I do like that they show them slow walking to the wedding, and then they show all the slow walks they did in other movies, which is cool. And uh, dude, the end credits, and then when they cut to the dude, I loved it. Obviously, you're not gonna have another movie, but I love that throwback to the first one. Oh, of course, they, dude, we get a motorcycle in the wall. It, <laughs> A machine, dude! Like a turret gun. Was 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 Bradley Cooper wearing the wedding dress? Oh, I don't remember that. It looked I like he remember. was. It looked like he was because he the wedding dress was on the bed and he was right there. I looked like he might have been wearing the wedding dress. Oh shit! I hope so. No, I I did, I was thinking in my head like, wow, Alan had Alan's married to a girl he loves who trash talks to you know the mothers, and I think he had a three way with Phil. <laughs> It's possible. And, and, you know, I love that Melissa McCarthy was part of this, this of like not knowing what went on, like, you know, waking up <laughs> and then you see Stu walk out, which that looks so real. It looked very real. Like it looked, first of all, his underwear needed to be a little tighter. He might, he might've showed a little, uh, <laughs> he might've showed a little undercarriage. Oh, there's a little ball hanging there out. Might, there might have been. It was a little close. It was a little close. Oh my god! But uh, the fact that like he's like he's laughing because he's walking around in women's underwear, not realizing that he's got boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and then holy shit! And then you see Chow. Chow, just oh my god! I mean, like, okay, so you got to give him credit. I guess, like I said in the beginning of the movie. <sighs> You, you you know that's got to be an uncomfortable thing I would assume in general like you know for guys, but he owns it. He yeah. owns it like he does not care. I mean literally, and it just it's <laughs> it's like a little bird in, in a bird's nest. <laughs> it is a little bird in a bird's nest. God, so good. Like really thinking back on, on like discussing this movie. It's a trilogy. It can't be like the obviously when you have a movie that's the first one that's so great. It's always gonna be hard to top. But I think I'll ask you next. But for me personally, like I think this was cool the way they did it because I don't know how else. If you would have gave me ten other ideas, I don't know if it would have been better than Chow being the one that brings them all back together. I don't know what it, if it was something with either the the guys. I don't know how it would have worked, but. uh I like this movie a lot. Yeah, you know it, it. It's and again, I think I think you. It, it's it's easier to like a lot now because you never saw it before and you have seen the all the ones so long ago. 
So again, it's like a, again, it's like the Ghostbusters. Is the new Ghostbusters as good as the original? It's not. But seeing the you know seeing those guys show up again, like in the new Ghostbusters, it, it kind of it's again it's a throwback. So yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, for you, I think just because it's you know it just brought it all back to life. Um, yeah, you know it's entertaining. You know it's definitely not as good as the first one. Um, second one again. How many times are you going to do the hangover thing? You did it twice. Definitely would not work for a third one. But that's why, like people say, maybe you don't need the third one. So, you know, but it did have enough funny scenes and seeing those guys together. It's worth watching um, just for that aspect alone. Um, you know, it, it, it's Alan alone. I mean, to me, he's such yeah, a good character. Alan Goodman, I think you're right. John Goodman was so great oh, in Goodman, that role. Yeah. But it just it, it had enough funny scenes that you're going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. It just you just can't compare it to the first one um you know and it's you know what i don't remember the second one as much as either so i don't know if it's better than the second one but i just think i think it's worth if you like the first one you got to watch them all they just those three guys are so good together yeah alan is uh so great in this one so yeah so like we mentioned that's our last uh sequel of our third year and we're kicking off our fourth year of podcasting it's the perfect college movie because spring breaks right around the corner and we're going to be reviewing ghoulies go to college oh, nick man. our munchie expert is now our creature expert he'll help us break this one down and i had a blast chatting with cinematographer ron schmidt who worked on a lot of roger corman pictures early in his career one of the films being brain dead with bill pullman and bill paxton such a funky cool movie ron grew up in hawaii and he literally one of my favorite origin stories yet. He stumbled into his future. You got to hear that story uh, while he was in high school. And then also when Ron was in college, he got to go visit a real working cinematographer. And what are the chances? It was former guest, Stephen poster. So afterwards I emailed Steven. Steven's like, Oh my God, Ron, he was so great. And he went on to do some great things. He worked on this, the first season of the shield, the mist and so much more. Such a great dude. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast, follow us on all social media at Sequels Only, and don't forget to check out our website, sequelsonly.com. Good night. Good night.